to you live from Race City, USA. It's Blind Spotting, the NASCAR podcast from a fresh, personal, and blue collar take. Race reviews, race previews, the latest news, and more. And now, your hosts, Michael Colbert, Andrew Coates, and Travis Sherry. All right, welcome back for another episode of Blind Spotting. This is episode number 18. We are coming to you, as always, from the Cottle Creek Combound right here on Highway 3 in Mooresville, North Carolina. As always, I'm joined by my compatriots, my cohorts, my partners in crime. I'll have to come up with something new eventually for that. <laughs> Andrew Coates and <laughs> Travis Sherrill. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. We're good. good. We're good. Glad you guys are back from sunbathing those Adonis-like bodies in Florida. Well, I don't even know what to say to Thank you. I'm just Somebody finally thank noticed you. is what I was yeah, going to say. I I'm, did some rubdowns, but I appreciate uh, being called an Adonis. Yes. Meanwhile, right. meanwhile okay, some of on. us meanwhile some of us were here working, but that's 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 a different story. Anyway, we've got a wonderful interview tonight with uh, Ashley Dodson and Aaron Dr. Aaron Studwell, who has been on with us before. This is an eye racing episode and that's gonna be a lot of fun, guys. Um I'm excited for that. Yeah, we're a little bit naive when it comes to that. I think many of the fans probably are like we are. We saw it Knew it existed and knew Dale Jr. was in it, but really got exposed to it during the beginning of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of uh, interesting things going on, you know, behind the scenes. It's uh, it's a lot more complicated and and, and complex than than I think a lot of people realize. And and the skill that it takes to be successful at it and the dedication, I think, is something that's going to be interesting to talk about with Ashley and Aaron. Yeah, and I would say of all the interviews that we've done this is the one that I am completely clueless about. Like, I, there's a lot. That, there's more that I don't know than yeah. than I do know. You know, so um, I'd say we're all in that boat. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to learn something tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. And um, Ashley's from Australia. We have a thing about getting people on our podcast from Australia. So um, it, it's gonna be fun. But he'll be actually coming to us from Australia. Yes. Yeah. You know, that, so that that'll be we're calling we're, in we're live going yes. worldwide. Yes. We're like we're the pit bull of we're vodka pit bull. podcasts. Yes. So uh, <laughs> he that, keeps showing his head in there. So that's coming up tonight. We're going to preview Atlanta, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 Race Weekend this weekend, and then we will review the Instacart 500 Race Weekend. Did you boys order something from Instacart during Sunday's race? I did not order anything from I, Instacart. I did they sell carrots? Is that because they like a carrot logo? Do they sell vegetables? What do they sell? I, I think it's any it's kind a, of groceries. Yeah, okay. It's it's yeah. groceries. And they said any they should be to your house within two hours. Yep. Well, Which the way is that pretty good. The way yeah. that uh, nineteen was run at the end, it looked like they had a carrot out in front of his car. He was yeah. chasing that he thing. He stole down. the groceries. You betcha. Yeah. He was. Uh, he he was stunk up the show the at the end. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's coming up tonight, and we're excited about that, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I, I just can't get get past the Adonis statement from earlier. So again, thank you for for that. I I really appreciate that. I'm dwelling on that a bit, but I don't usually get too many compliments from you, Travis. So I'll I'll take it and I'll <laughs> and I will massage that out as long as I can. So anyway, without further ado, let's get to our eye racing extravaganza with Dr. Aaron Studwell from Oklahoma and Ashley Dotson. From Australia, and here we go. 
And here we are. Welcome back to Blind Spotting, episode 18. And we are joined by two special guests tonight. One the, and from all over the globe. We've got Ashley Dodgson. And Ashley, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. He is a racer, an eye racer from Australia, so from down under. And good to have you with us tonight, Ashley. Yeah, thanks for having me on board. Um, and yeah, and no, I just with the Dodson, just yeah, just don't worry about the G. It's a bit of an awkward. It's just Dodson. Okay, but that's all right. all right, no problem at all. All right, and then we also have uh, Dr. Aaron Studwell from Oklahoma, and he's he's been with us before uh, several weeks ago, but he has some involvement in eye racing, and we wanted him to be a part of this eye racing extra- extravaganza tonight on Blind Spotting. So welcome back to the show, Dr. Studwell. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. And I understand, I believe, that this is the first time that you guys have actually been able to talk on the phone. So, Dr. Studwell, meet Ashley. Ashley, meet Dr. Studwell. <laughs> pleasure. Glad to glad finally, glad finally talk. It's like a blind date. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> just, with weight, just with weird accents. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you got to realize that oh, ours are the accents that are weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and there's already I'll been drive, a... I'll, uh, drive a whole, I'll drive a whole in every, any single day. But the girls will just eat up his accent. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And 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 well, I, I guess I should say there's already been some money exchanged prior to this meeting. So I'm not sure what kind of what kind of date this is going to be. <laughs> there's some, sp- <laughs> some anyway, sponsorship. Anyway, that's for our. I'm not complaining at all. That's for. That's what the kids are calling it these days. Sponsorship. That's right. Oh my goodness. That's never never a dull moment with. With the stud dog. I mean, the stud will, absolutely. Yeah. And exactly. uh, well, so this is the iRacing part is, I guess you could say we're we're beginners. Uh, we know some some about it. Ashley, I've watched some of your races online, and it's been good to go back and forth. And we, I've actually had uh, some conversations <clears throat> online or through Twitter uh, with your car owner. Uh, Brendan, Brendan Carroll of Doan Carroll Racing, and and so how does how does that work? Uh, we were wondering, you know, uh, and he unfortunately couldn't join us tonight. He had some other commitments, but so he is your car owner, and then I think Dr. Sudwell also uh, helps you out on the sponsorship end. It how, Ashley, can you talk about how all that kind of works together and get to get you on the track? Yeah. Um, oh, basically. Uh well, it was a series, an esports series I was doing called um, Josh White Racing. I was actually a uh, Josh White is actually a was a NASCAR truck driver himself, right? Um, and he right. invited me to come along and do their league, and um, we had a had a fair few variety there. We had a couple of pro series drivers who jumped on board who who raced in the Coca Cola I Racing series, but um, Brandon was also involved, but. Uh, Basically, last season, he, he just randomly messaged me out of the blue, and he goes, look, I've got a, I'm racing a league here, and I need some drivers, and would you be interested in jumping on board? So I agreed to, to jump on board, and yeah, we've done the, done the season with him, but yeah, it's definitely been, uh, no, it's going to be interesting, but um, yeah, this, this season, I'm not actually racing for DCR, there was more of just a, a fill-in for him while he found some other drivers to run for him full-time. Okay, so you're running in in various leagues at the same time, is that right? Yes, uh, yeah, that's correct. I um I jump anywhere between road courts, like road leagues. I'd also do some dirt leagues. Um, majority is oval, 
but yeah, any anywhere there's a car and it's got a set of wheels on it, hell, I'm all for it. Awesome. So, what uh, kind of take us back to uh, how you know the racing bug got started for you? What was your first exposure to racing? You know, what was it about racing that hooked you? And kind of a part of that answer: Have you did have you actually done some some actual racing, and whether it be go karts or you know any any other type of vehicle, or do you just solely uh, do the i racing and and kind of walk us through that if you don't mind? Yeah, um, basically. Some members of my family um, used to do a lot of speedway. Um, my my mum also was actually back in the day when they allowed um, spotters to be inside the car, um, sitting in the passenger. So I actually got to watch my mum and your uncle go out on track and, and watch them do that. And then eventually when I got a, a bit older, I started doing go-karts. Um, so I do actually have some proper racing experience. Did that for probably four years. Um, got to a national level, but unfortunately didn't go all the way through just due to money and funding and stuff like that. So I ended up joining the um, speedway side of things, gave that a run for a bit. After that, I think, shoot, I started doing sim racing pretty much, oh, I think I was like 12 or 13, I think. As soon as computers come out, yeah, I was pretty much straight into it. Found a steering wheel and, yeah, just been a part of it ever since, really. Right. Well, I mean, just watching you on some of your races, you... You obviously drive a good race. You know what you're doing behind behind the wheel. Uh, your lines are really smooth, and you're always competitive. I know you've had some some bad luck here and there, but the the races that I've watched, I mean, you're, you you and you race other racers cleanly. I can't say that from some about some of your competitors, but my guess is that you had some off off sim or on on actual track experience that led you to be a better driver on the. Uh, the eye racing and is it is it eye racing is that it's is that all under one umbrella and then there's a separate is it CCGR I, I may be getting that acronym wrong what's the difference between those two or are are they related all right well yes for example yeah I, I've obviously yeah the, between having the on the actual racing experience and jumping to eye racing like I've been a part of it for ten years um so over time like you develop these like your skills more and stuff like that like it, it is obviously a lot different to being real life um there is little factors and stuff that you know you, you can't simulate but you know that's but to get as close as you can geez i'm not complaining about it at all but um the egdr racing um that's with landon castle and also i think uh mm. aaron also has um some in, has some insight with that and some sponsorship as well um, but he's trying to bring more of the professional payout, um, sort of bring a lot more revenue to iRacing and see a lot more involvement from guys who obviously don't get the actual chance to race real life. Right. Gotcha. So, Aaron, do you want to kind of kind of chime in at that point and talk about your involvement a little bit? Yeah. So the thing about eracer.gg is, uh, was founded last year, probably even conceptualized in 2019. And they ran the Firecracker 400 last year. And it uses the iRacing platform. But what they're trying to do, and if you watched any of the Carnomaly 500, is provide as high level or higher level of graphics and content. They have the announcers and they have in-race in-race ads and they want it to look more like a Fox or a NBC broadcast too. And they're trying to do things that, you know, you can do in a sim, in an iRacing or a sim racing environment that you can't do on track. It's you know, running the old car of tomorrow without a restrictor plate at Daytona. So 
they're getting up to 230 to mm-hmm. 40 miles, 240 miles an hour simulated. So what I'm doing for them is, you know, they're looking for sponsors for these races. Uh, they had a $15,000 prize pool and they were, had giveaways for in-race fantasy picks. So they're really trying to promote this. They had Dolphalene on board, uh, Carnomaly, uh, Blue Emu, and uh, some other companies. And then they also had a and there's another podcast that was the official podcast of them. And so they really kind of went from this front to back media friendly, very out there approach. I think they had almost 400 entrants. Yeah, there was a, there was yeah, a pretty it was substantial one hundred, five hundred. And they had different so, kind of like a kind of like that. We talked about the chili bowl. They had different kind of series and they kind of, you kind of worked your way into the next level and then they kind of, kind of got down to a main feature. Is that, is that kind exactly. of exactly? Yeah. Yeah, and then Ashley really went through a lot of that process, so he can tell you more about that. So, Ashley, how was the Carnomaly? What was your what was your experience uh, like uh, with that with that event? I tell you what, those cars are an absolute handful. Those whole two thousand nine DOTs, they're yeah crazy, unrestricted. So, uh, in the oil racing, why they try to simulate as best they can, like you know drafting and picking up your speed and stuff like that, and the car control and getting in corners and starts to slide and stuff like that yeah it was interesting um i got the privilege of racing with uh dale jr and kyle bush and a couple of the other guys a couple of other pro series drivers i think there was three in my race heat oh neat yeah it's oh it was a blast um unfortunately in the practice session when i was racing against junior he did, he did beat me but um <laughs> only bought well. two cars yeah, if you're gonna lose to somebody, that's not a bad one to to come to come in behind. Yeah, definitely. But um, their their format was it was it was tight, it was strict. But um, like if you could like the way they approached it, they approached it like you would you know in real life. You know the way they set up with the entry fields, and we had to do so. Basically, what they did was say out of the 500 entrances, so they had I think it was over the, over two days. They um, put a series of heat races up, and then um, the guys who finished in the top five in the heat race moved straight along to the to the final race um, to be able to go to race to have the chance to go to the qualifier. Um, unfortunately, in my race, I was sitting in the in the top five, but some bloke come up and decided to duel me and put me into the wall. So. I had to sit back for the consolidation race, which is basically your second chance to make it through. In that one, I started dead last, managed to work all my way up to 11th, which was the transfer line, and then we went to the main race, which I started all the way back in 30th, I think it was. Might even been third than that, and then managed to push all the way forward to, I think I got to 14th or maybe 12th. But over 40 laps in those cars, like compared to the to what they offer in iRacing, they're they're an older what they call legacy car since mm-hmm. they're outdated and stuff like that. Yeah, trying to like say for example the the cup cars they have on there now, you know, being the car of tomorrow, the downforce and everything like you you suck to the track and you can tuck in behind and you can you can push and you know get right up on another guy's bars you would in real life and be able to push them, but. With those DOT cars that we were racing, they're like the old 87s and that, where the amount of speed that you carried and being unrestricted, like you come in those corners, like you had to actually let off on the throttle to be able to get around the corner. And even then, it'd be sliding about. And 
it was next level stuff, that's for sure, and I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I didn't make it through to the final 88, but I got, I got pretty close. I was pretty proud of what we did there. Yeah, and a good experience for you as well. You know, you'll be be back for the next one and that you have that experience uh, in your belt and you can use that moving forward. So, Ashley, I've done Yeah, that. that's right. I wanted to ask you, I, I used to have the old NASCAR racing game from the old 90s back when, I mean, that was like the first one that ever came out. And I've done a fair amount of that, but I'm, I'm not particularly good at it. And, and, you know, I thought about doing some iRacing during the pandemic. I mean, I do have a rig that I race, you know, on Xbox and stuff like that, and that's more video gamer. The thing that I've always struggled with and, and I'd like you to comment on is, yeah, there's force feedback and that sort of thing, but you don't have that like butt feeling, you know, like when you're driving a real go-kart or driving a real car, you feel the inertia, you feel, you, you, yeah. you've got so many more inputs. How do you, feel, ad- feel the seat by your parents. yeah, <laughs> how, how do you adjust, is that, do you just have to work on it and practice and practice and learn all of those cues visually? Like, how do you know when you're slipping I, you know, I always find the problem is that I don't realize I'm either loose or tight until I'm too far into that problem in the corner, and then I'm too late to correct it and maintain any kind of speed. How do you do that? Yeah, so that is that's actually a really good question. Um, my, myself, uh, <laughs> I've spent a lot of my racing sim. Um, I'm probably sitting around ten grand deep. Um, I'm oh, wow. using a direct drive wheel. Um, so I can pretty much emulate the forces of what a real-life car can control mm. at you in the steering range. Um, but a lot of it comes down to, with the force feedback of having such a rig like mine, like I can feel it in the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, it jumps around a lot um, with, the forward, with the direct drives, so you can feel it. But you're also relying a lot on the sound. And also with the force feedback, depending on the simulator that you're running, like say, for example, I'm, I'm guessing with the Xbox, you're running like NASCAR heat and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's very video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you'll obviously, depending on what you're racing, you have different feels through the steering wheels and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you eventually just get used to it. But right. there are guys that also use things called like butt kickers, mm-hmm. um, which put a sense of vibration they all pretty much run off like a, a, a mono sound system in a way, but it causes vibration, which you can attach to the bottom of your seat. Interesting. Hmm. Um, there's also the, the motion platform rigs, which you can get, which also allow access movement. So you can actually, it will lunge forward and back and left and right and stuff like that. So you can also go to those alternatives, but just as it comes, it just comes down to how much money you really want to throw into it overall, really. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. Like back there in the, the start of the pandemic when they were televising the iRacing stuff with the cup drivers, you know, a lot of them had these, especially people like Junior had these, I mean, hugely elaborate rigs. And then you've got this kid, Timmy Hill, who literally has a desktop wheel bolted to his desk, doesn't even have force feedback, and he just sits in an office chair and he's running third. You know, and, and it's it just amazing to me, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that how that guy is, like, he must just pick up on so many little details because he doesn't have all those sort of, you know, tricks up his sleeve. That's really interesting. Uh, so, and to be honest, like when the pandemic kicked off, like it was, it was really a, I'd call it a blessing. Like it was, it was really a kickstarter for the iRacing community when it mm-hmm. comes to the broadcast side mm-hmm. things and get a lot of people involved with the, with what you would call esports these days. Um, but for example, like back when it first kicked off, like Timmy Hill had already been racing on iRacing. Like I raced with him a couple of times. I've even raced with. Um, 
Alex Bowman's um, spotter. Raced with him a couple of times. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's funny, like, you'll get professional guys who jump in. And, like, for Timmy, because he'd already been racing on a race, and he was used to the tyre models. He was used to how I racing worked. And I even heard from a couple of guys who do, you know, like, such as Junior and, and Kyle Bush and stuff like that, that they say that the way that the cars handle in in the sim, like, they're similar, but... If anything, they said they were actually harder to drive in the simulator than what they were to, to actually do in the real in the real deal when it comes to like driving and sliding and and having overall control of the car. That's interesting. So, so you mentioned all these guys that we know here in in the states that run in NASCAR. You ever been to a NASCAR race and? What did you think about it? And is that something that you would be interested in at some point? Because, you know, I look at William Byron. He came from the iRacing ranks. Um, is that something you'd be interested in? And do you think that iRacing is really an avenue to find future drivers? Yeah, I definitely say it's an avenue to probably find more drivers. But, you know, sitting behind, like I myself use a VR headset. So I kind of get the death perception and mm. stuff like that, but you can't, but you don't feel the fear of the speed coming into the corners, you know, stuff like that. I have like, for example, I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in trying to p- pursue it further and see if I can make something happen out of it. But for a guy like myself who lives in Australia, like my options are, are very limited when it comes to the racing world. Like you guys over there, like your sport and how people have evolved to it, stuff like that. And yeah, we have racing over here, but it's nothing at the level that you guys have over there. Like sponsorship and, and stuff like that is really hard to come by over here. I well, it's hard to come by here too, believe me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I could imagine that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely... Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely imagine that. But like over here, like if you if you get into racing, like you pretty much have to be 100% self-funded. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys they do manage to find sponsorship and stuff, and good on them. Like you got you got to perform to be able to get that sort of stuff. I have had a couple of people approach me, and you know they said to me like, "Oh man, why don't you come over to America, and you know we could we could maybe get you in a car and see how you could go on here." And and I was like, "Oh, that's all great and well, but unfortunately, you know, I haven't you know." the money you got to spend to get over there and then, you know, trying to form partnerships and, and pursue it further, it, it makes it really hard. But, you know, I reckon it, if you really wanted to, you could definitely try to push it, but you'd have to have some serious backing behind you to be able to try to make it continue further. Yeah, that's true. We had, uh, and I, I think you had, we, I think you and I had messaged back and forth about this, but we had, you know, Sarah and Bridget Burgess on a couple of weeks ago and they're, they're from Australia and they, took just picked up and moved over you know several years ago uh mainly for sarah the mom to do off-road racing and whatnot now bridget the daughter is racing but yeah you're right they mentioned when we interviewed them that the options in australia for for racing were very limited and so they had to make that move and they had to commit to it and it was a struggle and they still struggle and they've had to you know had people help them along the way and you know just kind of scraping together sponsorships here or there so you're you know what you're saying is spot on with what they were saying about you know if you want to go racing you've got to have certain things fall into place and and move to the states to be in this in this type of racing for for sure aaron you had had mentioned and you're in the sponsorships and ashley mentioned that he's got you know a good bit of money you know tied up in his equipment so what are the same some of the things that you do um to help Ashley and some other guys to offset some of those costs or you know can you walk us through some of that and, and how much of a challenge is that and 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 what are you helping them pay for 
exactly um, when they're doing the 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 e racing, the i racing. I think you're not going to like this answer. I don't know. I, <laughs> I do like that answer. I don't know where the money goes. I just send it. I in. have no idea where the money goes. And it uh, wasn't a tremendous amount of money to get in and start working with DCR. Uh, I had worked with, I had talked with him before. I uh, didn't have a problem with saying, okay, you know what? You're going to put my name on the car. I don't know where the money goes. It's not like when I'm working, say, for any of the three drivers I've worked for me, I know. You know, I know the money's going to go to the team owner and he's either going to pay for accommodations or we can go take the money straight to an engine manufacturer and say, okay, we're going to make sure this money goes to engines. Right. And we know where the money's going when it's a small bit of money. And I'm just putting my name on the card just for a little advertising and to support people who are doing what they enjoy. I don't have a problem with that. Theoretically, I would say, saying with then Ashley and I are working together now. We're going to continue to work together in the future. If he wants to upgrade software, or he needs to pay for a subscription, and he can come to me and say, "Hey, look, I need X, or I want to upgrade this. Can you help?" And you know, if he's going to put my name on the car, and we're going to continually cross promote each other, I think it's a good thing. I'm doing the same thing for, um, like I said earlier, for eRacer, trying to come up with sponsorships for their next race. So it's just one of being a good business arrangement from a publicity standpoint, but specific to the DCR part, there was no talk of, Hey, I want to give you money. Yeah. We're going to give this, we're going to pay for licenses or we're Mm -hmm. going to pay to upgrade somebody's steering wheel or whatever. Gotcha. It was just more of a, Hey, I'm giving you X amount of dollars and you're going to put my name on the car. And it's just a promotional thing. And is that kind of how it works from your end, Ashley? You know, what, what can you, can you take us on the other side of that? And when you get a sponsorship, yeah. where, where does that mainly go? So, for example, like I actually um, race for iCanine Heroes um, as one of my main sponsorships. And Josh White being the primary team owner, he would use that to cover um, like broadcasting costs um, to be able to pay for the tracks and cars and stuff like that. But to be honest, from my, from my point of view um, and what Aaron has said is 100% true. Like, it's luck of the draw. You don't know where that is going and, like, your money is going unless, for example, you have a good partnership and, say, you know, the driver and the sponsor are talking together and you, and you allocate something. Um, Aaron's probably going to hate me saying this, but I don't like, I don't like touching his money. Because I offered. I offered to pay, and this is, you know, Marty may be at you, let's say. I said, hey, look, I'll just pay your entry fee. You just run a car, and I'll pay your entry for this. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm like, okay. And if somebody says, and I'm, I'm totally respect his opinion on that, and for me just to have my name on the car and support him and get him out. And honestly, you know, for me, my bigger social media is Twitter. I mean, I've uh, especially on the rate with the race weather side. Mm-hmm. So we're promoting him and we're getting him noticed and then people are seeing it in race and then you know landon landon knew i was sponsoring him and landon's made a specific effort to say hey there's the exo consulting dodge driven by ashley i mean so he actually called out exo consulting a few times so it got my name out to a broader audience as well well that's good it sounds like a mutually beneficial relationship um so thank you both for explaining that part of it because again we're you know this is a lot of this is foreign to us we so we do appreciate you taking walking us through that 
Andrew, you had a question? Yeah, so I, I wanted to ask you, Ashley, like, you know, whether it's Australia or here, you know, people that are trying to make it in motorsports, they have a day job. They load up the trailer, they head out to the weekend to the dirt track or the, you know, the quarter mile asphalt track or whatever. Is that the same kind of thing in iRacing where, you know, you, when you're starting out, you, you invest some, you've got some capital in, in, you know, put into the, the venture. How often do you race a week? How much do you spend practicing? Like, what does a typical week look like for you in terms of, of racing online? Um, that's a great question. Um, to be honest, like, from my point of view, like, iRacing has this thing called the Road to Pro Series. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously gives you the chance to make it up. Um, I think it's the top maybe ten or twenty. I can't, I can't, I don't know the format to be honest. Um, but it gives those drivers an opportunity to make it into the top series. But for someone like myself, it runs during the day at like eleven o'clock. So mm. for me, when I was working, it's you can't make those obligations. You can't make that fit. But um, but. As you were saying about like iRacing, getting into it is one thing, but then trying to be at a top level competitor is completely different because there are a lot of quick guys out there. Right. A mm-hmm. lot of quick guys. Um, so what they do is they have a thing called iRating and safety rating. So safety rating goes based by, you know, like on iRacing, if you touch off the grass or tap another car or, or go up into a wall or something like that, where you get contact points which will affect your safety rating. Your I rating um, determines your level of skill by your finishing positions against other drivers. So what they try to do is, say, for example, on it's an ongoing battle. Of, you're always going up and down in I rating. Um, right. Because all it takes is one driver to hit you, and you could be sitting in the top three, and if they hit you and they put you to dead last, you're losing 100 points, which is equivalent to doing two, three races and finishing in a good position. So what they try to do is they try to keep those skill levels together, but they have like a format. So it's like the guys who first get into it, you know, you start off with, I think it's maybe 1,000, 1,500 IR. It might not even be that. I think you might have to work up now with it. Um, this is going back 10 years ago when I first started it. Um, where now it's, I'm racing in the 3000 category, which basically, if there was a time chart I was booking at, I might have to forward it through to you, but um, basically if you're sitting in a 2500 or 2500 IR mark, you're considered to be in the top 85%. Okay. Um, once you reach like 3,200 IR, you're classified to be in the top 90%, which means that, you know, there's 10% of people on the I racing service in the overall who are faster than you. But like I've been in races where you can go up against, I've had pro drivers jump in and I've managed to drive away from them. Like it's no problem at all. But then there's other races where it's, you start in one position, you can't even make a pass out the whole entire race. And it's about 150 laps or something like that. To be able to go to that level and then say, for example, like join the leagues and in these, in these, um, esports series, like you really have to perform to be noticed, to be seen, to get any sort of recognition. And it's funny because like you'll have an Australian like myself who jumps in who, you know, from over here, like the only, the only time I got fully involved with it was when Marcus Ambrose was racing. Right. Um, right. when he made his move to NASCAR. So I started watching it through that. Um, and then learning the fundamentals, like we have the V8 supercars over here, completely different style of racing, right. completely different style. 
Um, and then from here's me who jumps on and, you know, oh, I'm going to give Oval a go. You know, and when I first started, man, I was getting absolutely thrashed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Going from road forces to getting on an Oval, you don't realise how technical it, it really is. Like, Yeah, it looks like you just push, you just mat it out and turn left, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the first yeah, time yeah, I got out of sim racing, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I spinning out all the time? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. But no, it's, it's definitely... Um, yeah, you definitely have to have a knack for it. And I have to say, like, over those 10 years, I haven't been always 100% active on it. But usually, for me, I'd jump on an afternoon. Um, like, say, once I finish work, I'll probably invest four to five hours worth of racing. You know, sometimes maybe mm. not as much, maybe two hours. But you're forever trying to keep your rating up. You're forever trying to go against other top drivers. Right. Yeah, it's it's competitive. Yeah, in the show level competitiveness, and I don't race myself, but um, Charles Lacar, who's one of my sponsorship clients, he is in the top five in France for driver rating. Mm-hmm. He's not even in the top thousand worldwide. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, where do the majority of those come from? Is it a particular I w- region or country? I, w- I would guess the U.S. Yeah, I would imagine. Actually, yeah. think. Yeah. Thoughts? In the oil racing service, a lot of them is U.S., yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask, Ashley, what is your favorite track that you've ever I-raced on? Like, what's it? If you if you had to run one race, where where would you choose to run it? Oh, it'd be Watkins Glen, hands down. Um, nice. <laughs> with, with the boot or um, without the boot? Road, road course? Oh, either. I'd, but um, like that's from a road term. But come to oval, like I can't really say I'd have a favorite overall. Um, when it comes to the oval side, don't get me wrong. Absolutely, I, I find myself more of a restricted plate guy. So I love Talladega. I love Daytona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I do love my dirt tracks like Eldora. Absolutely love Eldora. That's cool. I would I would think that'd be a fun one to race if you were you know skilled at at doing that on dirt i think that would be a lot of fun now how do you set up your vehicle does it depend on the series do they get is it like irock where everybody gets a certain type of car and you've got certain adjustments you can make or can you like like how does it work to adjust to your driving style in terms of the chassis setup and all that kind of stuff in i racing um in the official series what they call official is what i racing Mm-hmm. runs their ranked races, which will contribute to the overall um, profile, I would say. Um, they have two series. So they have a fixed series and then they have the open. So fixed is they basically they have a baseline setup and okay. everyone races that setup. Um, so you can't do tire temperatures. You can't change your stagger or, or your springs or anything like that. The only thing you can change is your steering offset and steering ratio. Okay. Um, basically meaning that how fast the wheel turns in correlation. So say for example, like 10 to one, um, it turns really quick in the steering wheel, but in doing that, you scrub your tires harder, you lose a lot more speed, but it also depends on the track that you're racing. Yeah. How um, much you need to rotate so the comes, wheel. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and in eye racing, um, I've heard drivers in the real world say that the tires do like obviously you can't 100% emulate what tires do in a simulator compared to to real world. Right. But the tires are more harder to manage in eye racing. Um, due to simple factors, you can't like you said you can't feel it. 
Um, so any sort of wheel spin, any sort of slide, you start to destroy your tyres. Same with tyre temperatures. Um, get them too hot, you're going to start wearing your tyres out faster. Right. When it comes to the open setup, um, so sorry, I'll, I'll just go back a little bit. So for fixed setups, there's more pretty much like some tracks you can get into one or two grooves and it will change throughout the race. So some guys might run the bottom line at the start and then as the tyres die out, you'll start to move to the top of the track because you'll, you'll get a bit of a better a run out. Where when it comes to the open setup, that's when your multiple choices start to really open because like you said you have driver preference you have driver setups um where the guys might be like hey we'll run up against the wall it's quicker overall but the car's gonna be loose where you get other guys who will prefer to run like medium or low so as you were saying about with the setups depending on the car that you're racing that will give you a full list of adjustments that you can do but some cars might only give you a couple of options um like your stagger and ride height and spring stiffness and all that sort of stuff in your cast and camber and toe-ins. Others, you can, there's, yeah, you can be scrolling for days going through all the options, trying to, mm. say, for example, like wing angle and your downforce and how much grill, how much tape you have on the front grill and, and stuff like that. Like, when it comes to open set racing, um, they do explain it, but they have a pretty good introduction of how things work and explain how like little adjustments will change this and that in there. But overall, like you have guys on there on iRacing now who strictly make setups and charge money for it. Yeah, it's a uh, new revenue for guys to get involved. That's fascinating to me. Yeah, it, it's is. literally an electronic version of the guys that used to build cars and 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 be chassis yeah. experts. And and you know, you listen to some of the old stories in NASCAR. Or, you know, even Formula One, some of those people that were, you know, huge icons in those sports never got behind the wheel. They just built cars or built parts of cars. And it's fascinating that that's now moved to the digital world. And, and you know, there's value there. And those guys probably spend hours doing that. So it's not like they're just, you know. Oh, definitely. You yeah, know, I mean, they're. Just, yeah, you know, it's 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's hours, it's hours. And some, you know, some people don't like getting into that minutiae. You look at somebody like, and I'll, I'll call him out, Carl Kyle Larson is. He doesn't, you know, he's not a guy who works in the cars. He just goes in, drives. Yeah, and give it to me and let me he's drive. Kinda, mm-hmm. Exactly. And he can't tell you what's wrong. He can tell you, hey, look, I'm loose or I'm tight and give it to you on a scale. But and you've got other guys who will just pick up a wrench and curl. I imagine juniors, junior was that way. And a lot of guys are that way. Just kind of yeah. give me a wrench and I want to crawl underneath and bang around and want to get dirty. You know, it's kind of interesting just, just going back to the sort of electronic version of it. It's It's like how in in like the new Madden games and stuff. And I know that's a console, but you can actually play that entire game without like, you can be the GM essentially or the coach. Like you don't have to be the player anymore. And I think that's what iRacing does as well is you don't just have to be the driver. There's this whole other infrastructure now around electronic racing that's developing. It's not just sit down in front of your console or your PC and, and do this thing. It's got all of these tendrils now that come out uh, with owners, and I, I didn't even realize there were iRacing owners, right? I thought you just logged in, paid your fee, and raced. So it's fascinating. I think yeah. we, I think we do have to wrap up here pretty soon. Travis, did you have any other questions, or Michael? No, I think I'm good. I, I I'm just excited to watch the uh, Pro Invitational Series that starts a week from tomorrow night. Uh, they're going to run the first one is the dirt the dirt track at Bristol, so that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't hardly. Yeah, Garrett. That's a good call. 
Well, I, I, well, I had two two more questions, I guess, um, Ashley. So, with the team aspect, does you know when you have with and we mentioned Carl Carl Larson a second ago, and you've got the Hendrick teams that kind of work together sometimes on the track. When you're part, when you're racing a car <laughs> that's part of a team, Ashley, do you have some of that same team dynamic when when you're racing? Yeah. Yes or no. Yeah, we do. Um, (laughs) You don't sound real happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say it as much as no one and a lot of guys are going to agree with me, but it is an absolute pain to drive a teammate sometimes. An absolute pain. Um, As as you guys would hear, you know, like, for example, you know, Tony Stewart and Dale Jr. used to, to drive together. But right. Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon wouldn't like to get together on plate races. You know, the the philosophy they called it was completely different. And the same applies to the iRacing world. Um, I remember there was a couple of times I raced doing Talladega and I had Josh White as my teammate. And I was more of a hard pusher sort of guy. I'm more of like Tony Stewart and Dale Jr. Like, I'll get right up in a car and I'll push the absolute mm-hmm. ass out was nothing left of it where he was more of a conservative cautious sort of guy so you start getting in traffic and you're like there's a gap there go for it but then they go they won't go for it and you're like what are you doing you know (laughs) so and there'd be other times where they'll you know they'll get caught up in in a file or they get shunted to the back and all of a sudden you gotta you know you gotta drop all you gotta lose all that position go all the way to the back to pick them up and then get back to the front again and I remember we did one that was like a 300 lap race, and I ended up having to do that like four or five times. Mm. I was sitting up in the top three. Wow. Oh my goodness! And then keep yes. And I'm just like, oh man, like stay up here. What are you doing? You know. But then, as you said, you come to the end of a race, you need to have a teammate there. Right. Right. And the car manufacturers also do play a part. Like you'll have guys in there who purely hate Fords. You'll have guys that purely hate Chevy. So you get out on the track, and there'll be a Ford and a Chevy running together, and they won't help each other. They'll be like, "No, nah, you're Ford. See you later." That's hilarious. <laughs> hmm. Well, thanks for answering. Uh, well, thanks for answering that yeah, question. Yeah, that's really answering neat. it honestly. Um, and so, for our listeners, uh, I guess my last question would be. For our listeners, what, uh, where can they see you run, and where can they see more other than the things that are really, uh, you know, broadcast or advertised heavily? Um, where are where, what's a good way to watch uh, you guys at work? Um, well, I pretty much go straight through uh, Aaron's Twitter page. Like, I'll be straight up honest. I really need to lift my ball game when it comes to social media. I'm absolutely <laughs> shocked. Absolutely shocked. Um, <laughs> I do do live streams on Facebook, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the equipment's faulty, so I don't really want to do it. But a lot of the guys, like like you said, with um, people doing the broadcasting and stuff, a lot of that comes down to me now. So I usually just take that broadcast link and I'll copy it and post it over to Aaron or, or stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, but no, if you want to see anything, I'll jump over to Exo Consulting first. Um, and then obviously on there, you'll see my name on there. I also post out some stuff from time to time. Yes. Yep. On my Twitter page, which is Ashley Dodson. So, but no, I'm... And same with Facebook, I think with Dodson Racing, I think it's called cool. as a group page called Dodson Racing. I've got a fair few streams up there. Okay. But um, anyone who's on 18, be careful because um, sometimes I do tend to get a little bit hot and heavy in some of them races. <laughs> that's what people tune you're in for, get man. More that's, viewers that's, that way. You that's will, right. yeah. You'll get you'll um, get more viewers. Absolutely. Oh well, yeah. Sometimes it's the bad sort. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to add uh, into this? 
No, I just uh, great and glad to have the opportunity. Great to be back. And yeah, he already um, said it for me. Uh, Exo Consulting and what we're doing in uh, NASCAR and trying to get people in and moved up through series and just trying to find the right clients and may help other people help other people succeed. Absolutely. Well, I think that's great, and it's good uh, to have you both on. Before you guys wrap this up. Yeah, go ahead, Ashley. I'd just like to, while I've got the chance while I'm on you, I'd just like to thank you, Aaron, for, um, you know, even though you didn't know me from the bar of soap, as we Australians would say it, but, um, you know, <laughs> to, <laughs> to take your time and, you know, and invest and, and correspond with me and work together, it's been, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure. No, and I feel the exact same way. We've actually become friends in this, oddly being the first time we've talked, but we've actually shared a lot and shared a lot of frustrations and shared a lot of uh, success. Yeah, well, definitely. We talk too much about our own personal stuff, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the but fun, that's you, the best stuff to talk about. Yeah, well, you need that <laughs> event occasionally. That's right. That's well, right. hopefully oh, this it. will not you be... You need to uh, get on IRS thing. That's what you need to do. Start publishing <laughs> people. I, I tune in for that. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, they I'm glad to see your league for me. Well, they they, they do that in <laughs> golf, you know. They might as well. You can try your hand at that. Absolutely. There you go. You know why not? Well, we appreciate you guys joining us, and I'm glad that you know in a in a a collateral aspect of this is we got you guys together to talk for the first time. So that's that is we're bringing people Perfect. together. We're making right. making things happen. Where <laughs> dreams are coming we're true. Like pod, we're like podcasting matchmakers. At, <laughs> Interesting. That's gonna be this that could be an offshoot. It did. I was. It, it did. It just there. It, it it wrapped right around and, and it did come full circle. So, thank you both for uh, for joining us. Uh, we appreciate. We. I, I feel like I've learned a ton. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this a few times just to absorb everything. So, Ashley, it was a a real pleasure talking with you for the first time. We've gone back and forth on Twitter a lot, and I feel like we've gotten to know each other. And we'll be in touch again and hopefully we'll have you on again and we're definitely following what you're doing and and dr studwell it's good to have you on a second time and uh we we hope that we have you on the third fourth and many other times and join us whenever you, know how to whenever find you me. like a- absolutely <laughs> well ha- dr studwell you have a good night go ahead well we are and, I, and I, we're working on yep, that we're, we're working, working on, on a logo and <laughs> we want yeah, to be I on do, your I car need to get back to that yeah, we I are. To get back to that. That's, yes. that's probably on me. You can you can talk to me about. <laughs> yeah, well, and I need to talk to Aaron about that. Well, maybe I did mention we, we're we're having just, I guess some. We're working on a logo. We've got to get that. We've got to get that ironed out. But we will get you something, and we'd love to be on the hood of your car, and we'll we'll work something out. And I, thanks for offering to partner with us on that. That means a lot uh, for us, and that would be our first foray into, uh, you know, being on any sort of uh, you know racing vehicle or in, in that in that form so we appreciate you being willing us to to go down that road with us so um but with that being said um aaron i hope that you have a good night be safe and ashley i hope that you oh, have a good morning you. yeah good wednesday <laughs> that's right <laughs> so but th- thanks so much guys and we'll look forward to talking to you again really soon it's it's been a pleasure thanks thanks so much for joining us yep thank you bye thanks guys thanks, me on board guys appreciate it you betcha bye see you next time Bye-bye. bye bye Wow, how about that interview, man? We just went international worldwide with Ashley Dotson and Dr. Aaron Studwell. I learned a tremendous amount. I don't know about you guys. And oh, yeah. uh, hopefully our listeners are going to have a much deeper appreciation for the e-racing, i-racing league. And, you know, a lot of the cup stars are, are doing that. They, they get involved in that. The Carnomaly 
500 a few weeks ago really kind of got a lot of advertising and, and notice for for that aspect of the sport. And those guys, you know, uh, put a lot of time and effort into it. I mean, there's some there's some guys that put more effort into it than others. So it sounds like Ashley really takes it seriously, and, and he he's good at it. And uh, he's been doing it for a while, and, and kudos to him. And, and thanks once again to both of those guys for joining us tonight. It was just a, a very educational episode, and uh, hopefully our listeners learned a lot as well. So let's talk uh, quickly about uh, Phoenix and uh, your impressions out there. We had uh, you know, a, a better race than I honestly thought it would be. I mean, we still had the, the, the usual suspects at the end, had Martin Truex taken the Cup Series race on Sunday, and that was, uh, you know, really exciting. And, um, you know, a lot of guys ran up front. We had a lot of I wouldn't say comers and goers, just a lot of guys in the top 10 that kept kind of moving up to the front, moving back. The top 10 was pretty consistent all day long for the most part. You know, Kyle Larson had another strong run. He ran up, uh, he looked like he was moving up and they kind of missed something on the, on the last setup there. But, and, you know, building on his uh, win uh, from the week before in Las Vegas, uh, Larson, you know, put together another solid run. I think that team is going to be really uh, something to reckon with. This season, Ty Gibbs had another good weekend. Uh, he won the ARCA race and was second in the Xfinity race on Saturday. So, uh, Travis, uh, what are your impressions? If you want to you know, talk about Las Vegas for a second and then uh, take us through your thoughts from Phoenix real quick. Yeah, the one thing I want to back up about Las Vegas, that first stage was unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen a mile and a half portion of a race as competitive i mean you had guys three and four wide it was it was it was unbelievable and i think the cooler temperatures out in vegas had a lot to do with that uh congratulations to kyle larson uh we figured he would win at some point and um he 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 certainly did and uh good for those guys and then on to phoenix truex winning uh it was interesting because he got into the wall early and they, they, the team um, went to work, James Small and the team went to work on that car and made it a whole lot better, and, and he went on to win. But, Andrew, I want, I'll ask you, the one thing that surprised me was the amount of tire wear and how important tires were at that race. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if it was part of the PJ1 or, or whatnot, but I will tell you when I saw Bubba Wallace stay out, I thought that was a poor choice, and unfortunately, it seemed to be one. Uh, I think, you know, they were running 10th to 15th most of the day. They ended up finishing 16th, but boy, he got run over like, you know, it was a lot like the Xfinity race was at the fa- in the fall last year. But yeah, a lot of tire wear, a uh, lot of mistakes, uh, loose tires, lots of pit road speeding penalties, uh, four from Chase Elliott and, and Kyle Larson, alone so um you know a lot of things to iron out there i I think i think this week was regression to the mean in the sense that um you had four winners uh that were unexpected as you said with larson not that it was unexpected but i was surprised to learn that that was the fastest any driver has won a race for rick hendrick and is just his fourth Fourth race start yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so you know, I think that sets those guys up. Not only does it put them in the playoffs, but but you know, I think it sort of takes the monkey off his back. Um, you, you know, in terms of, of you, you know getting back in the sport and getting back onto the you know into the into the car. Um, I think that uh, 
Kyle Busch struggled again, which I think is really continuing, I think, what happened last year. Uh, you know, I mean, is that just lack of practice, Travis? I, you know, I don't know. There's something, something is going on within that team. And there, you know, there was a crew chief change. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, well, the guy's gonna... an a-hole. I mean, he just is. He's rude to his crew. He's not a happy person. And and honestly, if I'm Kyle, not that you ever listen to this, but but you are. You can't say those things to your team and your crew and expect them to work their butts off for you. That's just not how it works. Just because you're Kyle Bush doesn't give you the right to talk to people that way. And things are going to happen. And you're in that car, and you have to be responsible for communicating and communicating in a respectful manner to your team, your crew chief. So those guys will work hard for you. This is a team sport. Yes, you are the only one in the in the car driving, Kyle. But listen, you've got to have guys around you that are supporting you and feel good about what they're doing and feel appreciated. Uh, yeah, there are other guys that would love to take those positions, but man, you are in the prime of your career and you've got to right that ship. And you are the leader of that team, just like when we talked to... Rodney Childers, a few weeks ago, he said when they had that mishap at Martinsville, missed the playoffs, it was Kevin Harvick who took the lead and righted that ship and said, we're going to be fine. He took the lead. He showed leadership. Kyle Busch, I don't see, if that were you in that position, I don't see you taking that lead in that leadership position. And if there's an area that you can grow in, it's that one. And I don't mean disrespectful. I'm trying to give you some advice that would be helpful and something that will get you back on the winning side of things. And I'll leave it at that. Preach so, it. Couple couple things, and I know we gotta move on. Kyle finished twenty-fifth on Sunday. Um, but you know, he he was in he's in the news this week for that. Going back to Las Vegas, he's in the news for a different reason, Andrew, and that is the spin oh, in the, the truck race. Spin. Yeah. Uh and when Bob Pachris, who is one of the most respected journalists in in the NASCAR media core, asked him about it. All Kyle would say was, nope, yep. he was not going to, which, you know, that, and, that and says I, a lot right there. Well, I get it because the last driver that talked about spinning on purpose was Bubba Wallace. And he got and fined, fined $50,000. Do you think that NASCAR... They put themselves in a box. Do you think that they need to... I don't know, lay down the rules about intentional spinning. I mean, it would be impossible to determine whether something was intentional or not, but I think they could do some things to make drivers understand, hey, don't force us into making this call. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know how you legislate it. I don't I, either. I mean, it, it's one thing when you've seen guys come to a stop on on the racetrack to pull the caution out, and then they just drive away, and you go, well, that's a little egregious. Yeah. I watched that replay a bunch. Now, I'm no professional, but he must have spun that car with the pedals because his hands never moved. Yeah. So Hmm. if it was intentional, which I'm not saying it was or it wasn't, my first inclination was that it was. Yeah. I'm thinking he was even smart enough to know, I've got gloves. They'll see it if I wank this, you know, wrench on this wheel. He probably just slowed down and then just goosed it and just allowed the the you know the tire the flat tire to cause the yaw in the car and it spin out so I don't know what you do there um, you know well, Kyle Busch shouldn't be putting the league in that in that position he's redefining the term Bush League in my opinion so he needs to shape up his actions and what he's doing it's just it's unbecoming 
and it's unprofessional. Of a two-time doing. NASCAR champ. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's so, move so on. So speaking of another NASCAR champ, so you mentioned Harvick real quick. A quiet, successful day for them. Yep. Finished sixth. Yes. Let's be honest. He's not dominated since they reconfigured that track, but he also has not been terrible. Right. I mean, he's run top ten. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So I think that was a good day for them. I mean, I, I think they'd struggled a little bit. They continued to just quietly put together good finishes. You never heard his name all day. Yep. And he had yeah. that thing clean when it came back to the pits. Good points day. Got stage points. Uh, I think that's... Uh, and he I was racy at the end. He was yes, for sure. He was I mean, he there. wasn't going. He wasn't a top five car, but he put it in sixth at the end. And yeah. the, uh, the true litmus test is going to be this weekend. I mean, this yeah. is his track. This is he... He has a, a phenomenal record here at Atlanta, and so uh, you know it's not if it, things happen and you miss the setup sometimes. But man, they should have some good information in those notebooks heading heading to Atlanta uh, this week. And before we move on to the Atlanta, I do want to point out Austin Cindric. I mean, what a dominant. dominant performance this guy is having at the Xfinity level, and I know that he's got a bright future. He's doing some some really Awesome things that we're we do a fantasy league and it seems like every time we don't pick him he wins. So you're welcome, Austin. Well, and, and I think too, Michael. What's interesting is right. He's known for road courses. There's plenty he's of them. It done everywhere. Yeah. He's now figured out the oval game. The rest of the field better hope that come summer they start looking at setting up for the playoffs because otherwise mm-hmm. he's going to win 15 races. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and like if because you look. He could have easily had double-digit wins last year if it hadn't been for the fact that Chase Briscoe had nine. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so you now he's out of the field. I mean, Burton's Burton's a good car. Almondinger's going to challenge, especially at the road courses, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I tell you what, I know it's only a few races in, but I'm afraid the 22 car is going to fully stink up the show for the Xfinity Series at yeah, least th- until the playoffs start. Yeah. So, uh, looking ahead to Atlanta, uh, what do you guys think we're going to see? It's not going to be hot. It's not going to be the summer. It's going to be warm. There's some weather issues maybe on the horizon. Um, but what are you looking for as far? And we've we've talked about Harvick. Uh, obviously, you look for him to do well in the Cup race. Um, what we, and we've got a full slate this weekend. We've got trucks. We've got uh, Xfinity, and we've got Cup as well. So, Travis, what are you looking for to be the story this weekend? You know, guys, I, I got to be honest. I'm not that excited about this weekend. The last couple of races at Atlanta have been clunkers. And it's time, I don't, you know, I'm not a driver, but it's time that they repave that racetrack. Yeah, it hasn't been repaved since they reconfigured it. You know, we're not far from that thing coming apart and an entire race weekend being in danger. And aren't they there twice this year? They're there twice this year. And I'll tell you this, if it rains, you might as well punt the race to the next day because there's going to be weepers it's you know it's not supposed to rain saturday or sunday but tires every time the caution comes out you're gonna get four tires i don't know i i can't i'll watch it for sure Mm -hmm. but i'm it's not i think you could probably sleep through the first couple stages and watch the second half of the third stage when it comes to the cup race i think the two other races will be much more interesting because they have tire limits Yes. So, yeah, so yeah, every yeah, time yeah. the caution comes out, they can't just come get four. Now, there'll be a little bit of that at the cup race. As you saw Sunday, teams bolted on their last set. A lot of them bolted on the last set at the caution with about 40 to go. So they, they can't just put them on absolutely every single time, especially if there's four or five cautions 
in the first stage for some reason. But if it's a lot of green flag racing uh, in the first couple of stages, you're going to see them split both of those stages in half. And then you're going to ha- see them have five or six sets for that third stage. And absolutely every time the caution comes out, they're going to come and put new ones on. So I expect to see um, better racing in the two support races, to be honest, than I do in the Cup Series. Yeah. And remember, that's a double header on Saturday. You got the truck race, the 200 miler at 2.30 Saturday uh, on FS1, and then the Xfinity race is at 5. So if you're going to Atlanta, that's a good that's a good ticket. It's deal. a good ticket. Um, and you're going to see a lot of tracks do that in the, in the second half of the year. And then Sunday, 500 miles at mm-hmm. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's long. It's long, and, and, and it's, um, like you said, unfortunately, it's kind of boring. So hopefully it'll be... Uh, Hopefully, it'll be a little more exciting than what we've seen in the last couple of years. And look, we're NASCAR fans. We want the best racing, but our go- our job here is to tell you what we expect. And if you watch the last couple Atlanta Cup races, they haven't exactly been scintillating. <laughs> Perfect word. Well, that is, and I, I think we'll just end on that. So uh, thank you guys, as always. I think uh, we put together a good show. I like... Uh, you know, uh, again, great interview tonight. Uh, our iRacing extravaganza, a great look back uh, to the West and uh, to the Westward Swing uh, for the NASCAR series, and then uh, looking ahead to Atlanta for this weekend. And uh, then just looking slightly ahead of that, we're we're all excited to see what happens in Bristol the following weekend. Luckily, we are going to be able to attend that race in person, and I think there'll be a lot of people. You know, well, we'll either be. Uh, We'll There'll be, be a lot of people saying, "My goodness, what a bunch of crazy, crazy fools for going!" If it's a if it's a debacle, uh, but there'll be a lot of people saying, "Man, that's a, one of those things." I wish I had could say I was there when that happened, and we're certainly hoping for the latter. Yeah, you this could, could be the yeah. first time they've raced on dirt since 1971, and the last time they've raced on dirt <laughs> right. since 1971. So we'll, <laughs> we'll be there to see it. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at NASCAR Blindspot. Uh, NASCAR is all caps and then Blindspot. On Facebook at Blindspotting NASCAR. And you can also email us, blindspottingpodcast at gmail.com. Looking ahead to next week, very, very excited about this. We have our first current full-time cup driver joining us. Matt DiBenedetto is going to be on the show Next week, we are going to interview him next Tuesday evening, so very, very excited about that. And the following Tuesday, the 30th, we will have Jerry Baxter. He is the crew chief for Petty Enterprise or Petty Motorsports, the 43 car, and uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about with him. We've got a lot of special surprises coming up for April. We will share those probably next week, and uh, we've got some some cool things in the works. So, Anyway, that's it for me, guys. And on behalf of, if you guys are done, yes? Yep, absolutely. On behalf of Travis Sherrill and Andrew Coates, I am Michael Culbreth. Thank you once again for joining us, and we will see you next time on Blind Spotting.
shining them up like ass crack. Ladies, ponies at the track. It's my chocolate attack. Shoot, I'm stepping in harder this year. Yeah, bear repping in harder this year. Watch me as I gravitate. Ha, 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 ha. We gon' ghost town. It's Motown with your sound. You in the blink. Gon' bite the dust. Can't fight with us. With your sound. You 